Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 88 of Generation GC. You Don't Mean Anything, a song by Simple Plan, and it features Joel Madden. This song is from Simple Plan's first album, No Pads, No Helmets, Just Balls, which just turned 20 years old. Wow. My guest today is Ashley Lee. Last time, we talked about sex on the radio from cardiology, and on our next episode, we'll be talking about a song from Youth Authority. Ashley's academic and professional background is in journalism and marketing. She recently finished her master's degree in integrated marketing, and she's now working on a PhD in sports studies. She's also a freelance concert photographer, and while life without concerts has been difficult, she's found this time to be a wonderful chance to reflect on herself and rediscover the music she loved growing up. Ashley discovered GC when she was in middle school. She was obsessed with Simple Plan, so pretty natural that GC was also heavy in rotation. On a very related note to this episode, you may have seen on the internet that Simple Plan has just announced their sixth album, Harder Than It Looks. It's going to be coming out May 6th. Um, They just put out a new single, Congratulations. I'm going to add that to the playlist, so definitely check that out. I know a lot of you uh, good Charlotte fans are Simple Plan fans, too. I have been looking forward to doing this episode basically since I started the show. I I knew this was going to come. It was a lot of fun. I'm really happy it's out. As a heads up, I did want to give a content warning that there are mentions of sexual harassment in this episode. Um, I'm sure many of you have heard about what happened with Simple Plant's former bass player, David DeRosier. Um, So that is something we discuss. I think it's an important discussion. Uh, I'm going to leave some resources in the comments, but I hope you know that if that's something, if you have to skip over that section of the episode, that's completely okay. You know, join us later on, finish the episode, or if you have to come back next week, that's just fine. It's not a big focus of the episode, but it is an important conversation, and I I thought it was important for Ashley and I to address it. I also wanted to say I love having guests from all around the world and from all different backgrounds on Generation GC. If English isn't your first language, that's okay. As long as you're comfortable holding a conversation in English, then we're good to go. And Different backgrounds doesn't just mean location or ethnicity. It means ensuring a very gender and sexuality representation and representing fans of different ages and fans with your own unique life experiences of any sort. I I really want to make sure that everyone who listens to the show feels like they are represented. And I really want the people who come on this show to be people who want to be on this show who are excited to talk about Good Charlotte. So Seriously, I say this all the time, but seriously, if you're listening to the show and you're like, hey, wow, I would love to talk about Good Charlotte on a podcast, hit me up. I also want to keep mentioning blacklivesmatters.car.co, antisemitism.car.co, and antiasianviolenceresources.car.co. And as I did last time, I'm going to include a link for 27 meaningful ways to help Ukraine. Finally, Generation GC stickers are here. If you do want a sticker, there's two things you can do. Number one, support the show on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash generation GC pod and click support. All that money goes right back into making the show the best that it can be. It helps me print and ship the stickers. It also helps me do the things I need to do and get the equipment I need, um, such as microphone cables, headphones, laptop risers, physical notebooks, and you know paper and pens, because I do take some notes on paper, especially a lot of my planning and organization stuff. Number two, you're going to make a charitable donation to the Victory Project in Kansas City. Go to victorykc.org and click donate now. I was really happy that Ashley mentioned this organization. Um, I had not been familiar with them before, but I think it's really wonderful to support organizations that are making a big local impact. 
The Victory Project is an initiative of Sporting Kansas City, and they're dedicated to helping children through all of life's challenges. They support children in the Kansas City and Midwest regions by uniting players, associates, fans, and community partners. You'll hear Ashley talk about this, but one thing that the Victory Project does that I think is so cool is they take child cancer patients, they bring them to professional sports games, give them a special seat, the whole crowd does a cheer. I, I just think that's such a great way to make these children feel special and just make them happy. You know, they're, they're going through something unimaginable and this just, I mean, what a, what a great way to, to cheer someone up. And also, please make sure to follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll occasionally post uh, other ways that you can get stickers, but most importantly, you know, I just use the socials to uh, keep everyone updated on the show and just talk about Good Charlotte, talk about other things I like. Well, thank you for tuning in. That's it for our intro. And now on to episode 88. All right. So today we're talking about You Don't Mean Anything, which is by Simple Plan, and it features Joel Madden. Uh, You Don't Mean Anything is track three on Simple Plan's first album, No Pads, No Helmets, Just Balls. Track two was The Worst Day Ever. Track four was I'm Just a Kid. This song, like I said, it features Joel Madden, although he's not credited on Spotify or like I feel like a lot of places that you hear the song like I don't think he was if I remember correctly I don't think he was credited on the CD but and as I was doing my research and listening to the song I'm like listening and listening and listening and tell me if this like relates to you at all Ashley but like for the longest time I was like where does Joel sing because I don't like distinctly like he doesn't have a solo or anything no I actually when I first like had this CD, you know, I had your like your little CD disc Walkman. Yeah. And, like I had the headphones and everything. Like my brother and I like had totally different tastes in music. So my dad's solution was y'all have your own music. And so I had the headphones where I could just really hear a lot of different things. So um, I, it's at the very, very end where he's, it's like the last, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't mean anything. And you can kind of hear the raspiness of Joel's voice more than you do up here. Okay. So it's really interesting. Like if you are, if you're isolating it out, you can really hear it. It's kind of like Mark Hoppus when he's featured in that song too, or in his song, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you can tell that there's a difference and you're like, wait, what is that? But they do feature Mark Hoppus and he, he is credited. Yeah. I will wait. Is Joel isn't credited on the CD, is he? Because I didn't think he was. No, he's no, because I, I was like going back through, like in um, preparing for this week's our conversation. I was like looking through everything, and I was like, "No, that's that's not it." But like, but, I remember this came out. Oh, God. no, I was gonna say what's what's like just so funny to me about this. So I finally like I found a video on YouTube that shows Joel in the studio with him with Temple Plan, and he's singing. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the last chorus, um, and it's yes. I, I think that might have been from like Simple Plans dvd that they put out um oh and then see i think that's where it came from because this was back in the zanga days yeah and i totally had a zanga dedicated simple plan like i will be the first to admit that and i think like there were i think there were like this like screenshot stills from a big package for you and i'm almost positive yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm almost positive that's where everything came from because i was like wait that's that's joel like i remember watching it and then it's like wait 
Who is that? Why is right. he there? And then I was why like, is oh. he not? It's just wild to me that it's like he's on their DVD, but he's not credited on the album. Yeah. And he's, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that go in. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's weird. Like that you'd think that they would want to play off that, you know, their hints and like, right. oh, look who we featured. You know, we have our, our common, we have a common denominator here, really. Right. And we'll, we'll get into, you know, kind of the backstory of the feature, but yeah, it, it is kind of surprising they didn't like advertise that a little more. Cause like, I think I learned this from like, you know, some simple plan fan sites or maybe some good Charlotte fan sites back in the day. Right. Well, I think the reason why Mark was featured is Mark was a producer, I think on Simple Plan's first album. Okay. At least, at least I'm, I'm, he, he had some, he had his fingers in that pie for sure. I don't know. I can't remember the capacity. I'll have to look into it a little bit better, but I do know he had something in there. He wasn't okay. as involved in the second one, but he was in the first one for sure. Gotcha. Well, uh, a little more about You Don't Mean Anything. So it was not a single, so I don't have chart info on the song, but um, the album did reach number 35 on the Billboard 200 in the US. Uh, it was certified platinum in Australia, two times platinum in Canada and the US, gold in Japan and New Zealand, and silver in the UK. Um so I think that's pretty cool. And Simple Plan did a 15-year anniversary tour for this album in, I think it was 2017. Um, this song has been played live. It was ranked, setlist.fm has it ranked number 28 out of Simple Plan's most popular songs. Obviously, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, it does look like they played this song a ton in 2002, a little bit like 2005, 2008, and then they played it a ton in 2017, 2018. And I was like, wait, why'd they bring it back? Oh, because they did the 15-year anniversary tour. Duh. Um, something I was wondering, Ashley, and I'm wondering if you have any insight on this. Do you know if they've ever played it live with Joel Madden? Like, they've toured together, but have, have I mean, Joel I, ever done honestly, the guest vocals? I don't live? know on that, honestly. They, they toured a lot together in the mid-2000s. Yeah. And I feel like that's just a prime opportunity. Again you have a similar fan base, like get your crowd going and really right. hit that. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I saw a good Charlotte and simple plan together on the noise of the world tour, which we'll definitely talk about. Um, but I don't remember Joel singing this with them. I feel like that's something I would remember, but I don't know. But Ashley, we have a lot to go in to with this song as well as with you know kind of the good charlotte simple plan connection i think it's going to be really fun but first i want to help our listeners get to know you yeah <laughs> so the first question i ask everyone is when did you first hear good charlotte and what were your first thoughts on them oh my gosh i don't really remember the first time i heard them it was probably anthem days for sure mm-hmm. so that's like really when they exploded um i <sighs> I don't know. Like I'm trying to remember like the first time I do remember when I really started getting them heavy into rotation, which is probably about 2005, 2004, 2005, 2006 era. That's really when I was like buying all the CDs and doing the whole thing on the internet because you know, yes. what happens to middle schoolers when you're exposed to the internet yeah, for the first exactly. time ever. <laughs> <laughs> you have my Stacey, you have Zanga. So I, I remember just like, 
scouring the internet for everything possible of information. Cause I'm a, I'm a girl from like nowheresville, Kansas. Like I get nothing where I was from. So like for me to have the internet, I was like, Wait, what? There's a whole world out there. Yeah. But I'm, I, I do remember it being Anthem. It was probably MTV to be honest, like MTV really like those early days with TRL and music videos, it changed the game for a lot of musicians and for fans too. It did. And there was, it, it still sometimes happens, but I feel like there was something really exciting about that time that a lot of, you know, punk style musicians and, and musicians who really started with the DIY attitude, which, you know, yeah, good Charlotte always wanted to make it big, but they started very, you know, they were doing it themselves. Right. Um, a lot of bands like that mm-hmm. kind of got to break through a little bit, uh, which was really exciting. And there's, you know, yeah, there's, there's right. this like kind of resurgence now of pop punk, but it's like, it, it's, it's not the like the DIY stuff getting the mainstream. It's like, you know, Travis Barker, like, and like, listen, I love all the Travis Barker stuff, but it's a lot of like, you know, Travis, Travis Barker producing an album by some TikTok kid. Like, yeah, so it's, it's a different thing for sure. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting like to look back and, you know, Blink is, still one of my number one bands every time they're around I still go see them um, I have posters all over my apartment of like it like the concert like specialty posters and they're like that they're another band to me that like really signified and we can talk about this later because these are a few notes about like the song meaning they're really the band that signified like we don't have to do the things our parents did yeah yeah and so for me I was like wait there's a whole life outside of Farmersville Kansas you know the little podunk town that I grew up in and so for me it's just like okay so that was like my introduction to music was just like oh my gosh there's a world out there (laughs) well I also want to know have you ever seen Good Charlotte live yes so I like I said I am from the middle of nowhere Kansas and um the closest big city was about 30 45 minutes away um and I actually did go to high school in the city so like I spent a lot of time there okay Uh, but no no one of consequence came there. It was all country acts or like your classic rock, like REO Speedwagon mm. and Sticks kind of bands. Um, we did get this really weird emo under scene, like in the 2008, 2009 era, like when I was in high school. And I like remember just like lying my mom, like, okay, well, I'm going to go hang out with so-and-so. And we would go over to this concerts at these weird oh places. Um, one was like a Magic the Gathering event space. <laughs> it was Amazing. awesome. I had a great time. I was- it's like early Pierce the Veil, early Ema Rosa yep. there. So like it, it was it was an interesting scene, but they would never get like a Green Day, a Blink, a Good Charlotte okay. um, there. So I didn't see them until I think 2017 when I was living in Kansas City. Wow. Like, I was in, like I was 24, 25. And I was like, this is a band from my youth. And I'm just now as an adult getting to see them. So that was like the first time I ever got to see Good Charlotte, which was really sad, but also really exciting. Cause I was like, I was like 13 again. Yeah. That's super exciting. Um, I love that. That's, that's gonna be really fun. Um, I also want to ask, when did you first hear simple plan and what were your first thoughts on simple plan? I, it, it was similar. I think it was like MTV days or something like that, or they had a lot of stuff in movies like back then. I think mm, they, yeah. were, they were cheaper by, they were cheaper by the dozen with, um, I'm just a kid. Yeah. And I just remember being like, who is this? What are they like? Wait, what? And then 
I think I got their second album, their their self-titled album first before I got No Pads, No Helmet. Wait, the self-titled or still not getting any? Wait, it's is it the second one? Self so it was no pads, still not getting any self-titled. Is it still not getting okay. There's okay. There was like, yeah. So it was um still not getting any. Okay. Okay. Um, that I got first. And I think I just bought it at Best Buy. Like, I was like, oh, no, whatever, just grab this kind of thing. And then backtrack to No Pads, No Helmets. So right, okay. it was just like, and so for me, I was like, wait, I have a bunch to get caught up on. Um, I, I feel like I got them around the same time. Yeah. And I just like, I don't know what it was, but like both of those albums, I was just like, okay, again, there's a whole world outside of here. Like, I, yeah. I don't have to fall in line and I don't want to be like you yeah I don't want to be just Um, like you yeah (laughs) yeah I don't I don't and so it's like a thing I've really held dear to me like as a 30 year old now where I'm like okay I don't have to do the things that were expected of me um I don't know what it was about simple plan that just like stuck out more in my mind from good charlotte I think it was like the punkiness of it like as opposed to the Mm. broodiness of it like trust me I had the broody feelings going on like it was there but I think Simple Plan was a different outlet for me to like express myself. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to kind of go into some of the similarities and differences. Uh, Cause like I have all these thoughts, but like, I, I think you're going to have some different thoughts and I think we're going to have a really fun yeah. discussion there. Yeah. This, like, this is like 20 years in the making. I'm right. super excited to be right. talking about this. Well, well, I have a couple more questions. I just want to ask you just to learn more about yeah. your background. Um, but I do have to ask, have you ever seen Simple Plan live? Yes. So again, it didn't happen until I was much later. In life. Fair, yeah. In, I think it was 20, it was the end of 2018. Um, and I actually got to photograph them uh, because I'm a concert photographer. Yes! And so the venue I was um, working at, they have kind of like a two show per month limit for all the volunteer photographers. Oh, interesting. And it's like a Google sheet. And so the manager will go in um, and put in all of the acts and their dates. And then you basically just sign up for it. It's a bloodbath sometimes because they get oh, really big acts. I'm sure. I was camping out for days and I was like, there is no way these little kids are going to get in front of me to shoot simple plans. So like I... I'm getting very animated because I was very animated about this. But, like I camped in the spreadsheet forever and like I had all my notifications turned on to make sure that I got this show and I did. And yes! I was in grad school at the time. It was the same night. It was the same night that I, and I was um, doing night classes. It was the same night that I had class. And so I just went up to my teacher and I was like, look, I'm a concert photographer. I have a show tonight. I will be in class for like an hour of it. And then I'm going. Yeah. And he's, he, and he was like, hey, this is a working professionals program I get it you all have your side hustles like yeah okay <laughs> so the fact that I got like teachers permission to go to a concert was like even better I love that I so, yeah uh, I used to do that kind of stuff in college too so you're not alone <laughs> um, um it was November of 19 actually I'm just, like looking back on my wow, okay. Instagram so it was right before pandemic oh yeah I saw them on that tour as well in New Jersey um and I almost had, um, yeah, I almost had tickets. Oh, I almost had tickets to the 15th year anniversary tour, but they sold out so fast in the city that like I live adjacent to, I lived adjacent to, which is my college town. And I was like, and I knew a girl whose 
boyfriend worked at the vineyard. I was like, what can you do? She's like, it is not going to happen. <laughs> so I was really sad. I didn't catch him on that tour, but I got him four years later. So you know what? I'm happy. Yeah, that works out. Well, Ashley, I want to hear a little more about your contour photography. I mean, uh, how <laughs> how did that start for you? And I, I, I'm, I'm curious as well. I mean, I know you have like a background in journalism and marketing, and I'm, I'm curious if, you know, your, your concert photography work kind of connects to some of your academic and professional pursuits. Oh, definitely. Um, my mom always said that she knew that I needed a camera in my hands when I broke the family video camera at like three. Oh, wow. Um, so she like, she was really good about encouraging it. So like I had like little point and shoots that I would like take into concerts and shows and, you know, things like that. Like my first, um, my first real concert, like I say that in quotations was the killers, um, in 2004, but my actual first concert was the Dixie chicks. when I was like a first grader. Oh my God. Amazing. I don't really, I count it, but I don't, I like, I count it, but I don't count it kind of thing. Um, but I just like, remember taking like shoots into concerts and things like that. And always, Oh, I always had a camera in my hand. Like I was always the documenter, like everybody yeah. like when I graduated high school my vice principal was like this is the first time I've seen you without a camera in your hands no <laughs> so it's always it's always been there um so again like sneaking them into like those emo shows back in the day like they didn't care like the venues no. like had no security like no and these the, bands the, were just getting started they, and the they, bands like that they loved they wanted as many people as possible to take pictures yes yes and again this is Facebook MySpace days yeah. like early Facebook late night space. Yeah. So you're getting a lot of people talking about music yeah. um, on these platforms. Um, I had a really good friend in high school that was in a band and they were like playing these little shows here and there. And they would just be like, Hey, come to get your, grab your camera, come hang out and come grab pictures of us. So it was kind of nice. Cause I got in with them a lot more. And then in high or excuse me. And so in high school, I was on photo stuff with yearbook uh, newspaper staff. And then when I got into college, I was on the newspaper staff. I was photo editor like my junior year, cool. but I was on the staff from my time as a freshman. And um, I went to school in Lawrence, Kansas, which is a very big scene for I know Lawrence, yeah. music. It's a huge scene. There's like five concert venues. Yeah. It's a great I was, place I was to in catch Lawrence shows. Like actually a few times on ago. tour. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place to catch a show. There's so many great little venues. And um, as photo staff, I was able to submit for press passes. And I got it. Like the biggest show I got to shoot at that time was um, Taking Back Sunday in Bayside. They were doing a tour. Oh, I remember that tour. Like 2012. I remember that tour. Yeah. Yeah. And it was was one of Taking Back Sunday's anniversary albums. I I think it's Where You Want to Be, which is my favorite album by them. And I just remember shooting that show and being like, oh my God, like this could really be a life. Like this could be everything. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun. But I also was a sports photographer. So again, society it's being on the sidelines, capturing those behind the scene moments, capturing those like on performance moments for both your sports teams and your band. Sure. Yeah. That really made me feel alive. Yeah. Um, and then as I graduated college, moved to Kansas City. Um, again, because there's a huge scene, there's venues everywhere. Um, I have a friend who has a music publication called Imperfect Fifth, and she was just like, hey, we need photographers. So I started shooting shows for her. Um, 
And we had a really big uh, music festival called Buzz Beach Ball. Um, it was hosted by one of our radio stations. It's no longer in existence, sadly. Um, but I got into that as a staff photographer for one of our outdoor venues called Starlight Theaters. Um, and then there's another one um, downtown Kansas City called The Truman. And so I was a staff photographer for them too. So cool. it just kind of snowballed like after yeah. college where I could just shoot for them. And I shoot for a couple different publications um, for outside of the venues. So that was fun. Um, having a great time. Like where I was shooting like four shows a week. Um, a going lot. to grad school and working full time. Yeah, that's. I <laughs> it, mean, yeah, pre, yeah, that's just your life. Like, if you're doing that, because I, I was there at one point too, and it's like, yeah, that just kind of becomes your life if you're doing that. It was so much fun, but yeah. like, and then pandemic hit, and then of course yeah. the first thing to go away was shows yeah. and sports, and it was really sad and very, 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 very depressing for a while because you're just like you want you crave that energy that you were getting mm-hmm. four nights a week. But you don't have it anymore. I totally. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of like my little short. Yeah, my I short history with yeah photography. Amazing. Well, last thing I, I really want to know, Ashley, before we head into kind of the song and everything, um, I know that you finished last year. You finished a master's degree in integrated marketing, and then very recently you started a PhD program in sports studies. Yes. So. I yes. would just love to hear a little bit more about like what you're learning in, in your PhD program and where you, you think it might take you. Yeah. So I work at a university um, in Mississippi and one of our benefits is that we get two like we get two classes for free a semester. So I was like, okay, well, I moved to the city where I know no one. Um, I'm going to go back to school and yeah. not have to pay for it, which is really nice. <laughs> Um, because I would never do it because I can't afford it. <laughs> um, so I chose sports studies again because of my sports journalism background. There's a lot of overlap within the concert scene and the sports scene. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's events, it's it's marketing. It's there's so much in the class I'm in right now is event facility management. So oh, yeah. you know, I approach a lot of my conversations I have in class from a concert and sports standpoint. And so it's really fascinating to look at that. Um, I actually wanted to do the master's program and they're like, no, 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 you already have a master's. Like my advisor's like, just do, just do the PhD. Like if you ever want to teach in academia, like you're going to have to have a PhD to begin with. And I was like, yeah, it's like 23 extra credit hours. I just don't want to take for, for the dissertation. He's like, I can get you out here in three and a half years. And I was like, okay, sold. It's not bad. <laughs> not bad. So um, yeah. So dissertation is, uh, yeah. It's it's still being developed, but I'm thinking about doing um, women ownership of sports management and cool. sports teams, um, and looking at how the media um, is around it. So, if you guys have any um, ideas, articles, topics of conversation, hit them, throw them my way because I don't know where to start with this. <laughs> wow, I I I don't know really anything about the sports world, but. Um, I, I worked at uh, Giants games for a brief time, but I, I just think that's very cool what you're doing in terms of just kind of trying to study Thank what you. you're studying. Yeah. Well, Ashley, let's get into I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's yeah. um, let's get into you don't mean anything. So we we connected. Yeah. It was almost a year ago. I was looking back at our emails um, mm-hmm. and I suggested this song because you had mentioned simple plan in your emails at one point 
Um, I would love to know, Ashley, what sticks out to you about you don't mean anything? Uh, um, honestly, there's a lot of common themes between Good Charlotte and Simple Plan Rider on this era. There is a lot of identity to be had yes. here. Um, both bands are finding out who they are as individuals and as a band. There's a lot of like breaking away from stigmas, um, whether those are placed on by industry, placed by family, placed mm-hmm. by fans. Um, there's a lot of different stuff that's going on here. And like on first approach, like people who are just hearing the song for the first time or for the first time after a long time, they're going to be like, oh, this is just an angsty song. Like you don't mean anything. Like, right. There's, there's just not, there's an attitude behind it for sure. Um, but like, I really encourage people to listen to the lyrics and really get to the meat of it because there's some good points here. Um, and it's really an expression. It's an expression of just like not letting people get to you or not letting people dictate your life. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we're, we're going to get, get back into kind of like the interpretation in a sec. I mean, I, 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 I've had so much fun exploring like my own interpretation of the song. Um, but I do want to ask real quick, uh, did you have any misheard lyrics upon listening to the song and looking at the lyrics? I don't think so. I, everything was pretty like, as I remembered it and like, I was listening all of this week, just like went down memory lane, and it, it's a basic song. It really is, yeah. But I, I don't want people basic songs for being like non-essential. No, definitely, it's definitely essential. Um, well, uh, similar note, Ashley. I mean, do you have a favorite line from this song? <sighs> Opening up with like maybe I'm just not good enough for you. Like how many times have people just felt that in everything mm-hmm. that they do, whether it be mm-hmm. work, personal relationships, family relationships, like that's such a powerful hit. And that's a way yeah. to open too. Um, and as a 30 year old, I'm still struggling with that, you know, yeah. Yeah. For every aspect. And so I think that's a really powerful punch um, to really hit on, on the first, the first line. <laughs> it, it really is. It's, it's, I mean, it's intense. It really starts off strong. I, I mean, I noted, I really like the bridge where he says, I know you think, you know, me, you don't know anything. I know you want to help me. I don't need anything. And, you know, yes, they rhymed me and me and anything and anything, uh, you know, clever rhyming. I know, but I just really like how that sentence structure works out. I think it's pretty clever. Like it's simple, but it's clever. Yeah. So let's, let's get back into what this song is about because I will say my initial interpretation until like, probably like this week, like my interpretation was one thing, but I'm now picking up on some other themes, which is like so much fun and exactly why I love doing this podcast. Um, You were saying you, you kind of think it's about just, sticking it to the man in a sense like hey like yeah yeah I think always like on first bet they're gonna be like oh it's about a girl or a significant other where you don't mean anything to me but I think if you listen to this album and especially um perfect yeah there's a lot of tie-ins that going to not feeling adequate um and so I think if, if you're not really familiar simple planet and this album and the subsequent album 
it's really hard to connect those themes unless like you're, you're really looking for them. That's, that's a really good point. I, uh, you know, I also honestly, like until very recently and like, I love this album. I know this album. I own this album. You know, I, my, my inclination really was that, you know, the, the narrator is talking about like an ex, right. An Mm ex-girlfriend and and just trying to say, you know, Oh, I don't even care about you anymore as a way to like take the power back after a breakup. Like, okay, this, this person made them feel like they weren't good enough. They brought them down. Um, You know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if there's a little like sarcasm going on here, like, like trying to prove that you don't care about the other person when like you actually do like trying to, to be a little cooler than you are. But yeah. And, and I stick with that as a possible interpretation. But yeah, like the more I've listened to it the past couple of days as I've been getting ready for this and as we've been talking, I'm like, there's totally another angle, which is kind of about like sticking it to the the person or the people or, or the corporate entities that are bringing you down, you know, whether that's bullies or that's a you know, a terrible boss. I mean, whatever it is, just kind of like saying, I, you don't mean anything to me. Like maybe I'm not good enough for you, but so what? Like, I don't care. Right. And that's, yeah, that's kind of, I think I had this for some interpretation interpretation. I was the kid like, Oh, the girl or it's a guy or it's significant other or who, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the relationship didn't work out. But then like, as I got older and I was like, no, there's some bigger themes with this whole album here. And of course this era pop punk was really big on not doing being a corporate sellout. Yes. And that's, I think poser was the term of this era. Like yes. be a poser. I, I, I just remember hearing that a lot growing up. I'm like, what well, I feel like, I feel like what's interesting and you know, something I even had in my notes here was like, okay, is this song pop punk? Is it emo? Like what's the difference? And I feel like one of the differences is that often, and it's totally not exclusive, but often pop punk bands would sing about, you know, individuality and identity and and such themes like this. Emo would be more likely to sing about a girl. Yeah. But it it doesn't mean that you, you know, either couldn't cross over. Yeah, there there is crossover for sure. So much. And I just like, yeah. (laughs) And like, they, they were on the cusp something like this being in you know the early 2000s mid 2000s they were really on the cusp of a lot of things like this was really before emo was emo yeah um so like i i want to point that out for people that may not um be as well versed in like early 2000s because i know 2000 like seven eight nine ten is when it just blew up well emo emo was a thing before this if we're talking about like the original wave of emo with yes. like like rites of spring and bands like that but emo it didn't come it didn't come mainstream really definitely until a not bit later yeah yeah but yeah. so that's like when people think about like warp tour era and yeah. i know warp tour had been going on for it was on for like 17 years and it well, had it's very like iterations. When, i i think it was like when when emo became like something talked about in like i feel like the new york times you know like i remember being in high school and my dad showing yeah. me a New York Times article about how New Jersey, which is, you know, where I grew up, where we lived, uh, New Jersey is like home to so many great emo bands. And I was like, 
you know, it was like, on the one hand, it was like, oh, great. Like my parents are, my dad's like interested in my music. And on the other hand, it was like, oh, my dad is like interested in emo music. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, there's times where dad's like, oh, you know, Death Cab for Cutie, right? And I was like, yes, I know Ben Gibber, dad. Tell me your point. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I want to go into sort of the backstory of this song. Uh, I don't have a whole, I, I was not able to find a whole lot of backstory in terms of like simple plans writing of this song, but I did find a little bit about on how Joel Madden came to be on this song. So uh, simple plan guitarist, Sebastian Lefevre uh, discussed it in two interviews. Um, so the first is with the Duff boy from 2012. And the interviewer asked, how important have Blink-182, Good Charlotte, and the Vans Warped Tour been to your style and growth as a band? Um, And he starts out by saying that having uh, Mark on the album was a big push for them. And then he said, Good Charlotte as well, Joel as well. He took a chance with us. It was the first album we had seen them play with. Okay, so this is transcribed as MSDX, but I think they mean MXPX. Um. We were friends with them, so it's always a risk. It's kind of like putting your stamp of approval on a band that nobody knows. For Good Charlotte, they are pretty much telling their fans, Simple Plan is cool. You should listen to them. For anybody to do that out of the blue is a big deal. And then we ended up touring with Good Charlotte a bunch of times after that, and we became great friends. Playing on the Warp Tour is just something you have to do. It's fun. It's a lot of cool bands. You can see a lot of fans every day. Um. And then I'll read this other quote from Seb, and then we can kind of talk about it. Uh, this one is with tonedef.brag uh, or tonedef.thebrag.com. He said, with our first album, we were still nobodies. And Good Charlotte and Blink-182 were kind enough to believe that it wasn't going to be horrible for them to be involved with appearing on it. And we felt like it was a vote of confidence. And I think it's a camaraderie. Um, I don't, I can't remember if Seb used that word, but it, it really was like, it was a brotherhood. Like there were mm-hmm. these four bands and I'm talking blank green day, good Charlotte and simple plan that were really kind of integral in this little era to helping each other out. Like, you know, they weren't starting anything with anybody. They were just making sure that everybody supported the music. Yeah. I, I think and this is like it just makes it so wild to me that they didn't like I I, it was like the fans knew that Joel was on this song but I felt like if you didn't seek out that information you wouldn't necessarily know and that's so wild to me considering how they're talking about like how how cool it was to have Good Charlotte like, put their stamp of approval. And uh, I, like, I work in the music industry. I work in music video promotion. And sometimes there will be a feature on a song that the artist, like, the artist will send their, their slate to us, which is, like, you know, song, song name, artist name, director, producer, and everything. Um, and sometimes the artist doesn't doesn't fill that out or, or the manager doesn't fill it out correctly. Sometimes they put the feature in like alongside the artist name. Sometimes it's alongside the song name. And I, I, I don't know enough to say how that's decided. And I don't know enough to say why I feel like why it wasn't credited or, or advertised just, as much as it could have been. 
Yeah, I'm also wondering if it was a Joel decision. If he was just like, you know, I I want you guys to get this. You know, you deserve it. I don't want you to feel like you have to write on my cloud. Maybe Mm, it it could have. It very well could have been that way too. Um, I'm wondering if he was just like, I want to be kind of like a hippie. That's that's a really good point. That's 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 a really good point. Kind of like, I mean, look, he he sings on the song. He doesn't have like a major part in the song, really. It, I, I almost wonder if it was more about this kind of really kickstarted like a, a kind of camaraderie between the bands than, yeah, than you know something more specific like oh, Joel, you know, wrote half this song. Right. Yeah, and that, so I'm wondering if it was just like a, a, a maybe a good Charlotte Joel decision, like hey, you know we're happy to do this, but you know, we don't want you to feel like you have to put our name attached to it. It it, could have been like that. That's a a really good point. Yeah. And there's a lot of time, like I, I see in um, marketing and branding, it's um, people are more than happy to collaborate on things, but sometimes they don't want any of the credit just because that's not who they are or just personal reasons. They're just like, this isn't about me. This is about you. Um, I see that a lot. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. And I, I, I had not considered that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Marketing brain always comes back. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Ashley, do you have any memories or stories that you want to share about you don't mean anything? Um, it, it was like a really weird time for me growing up. Like my parents were divorced when I was really mm-hmm. young and there was always a lot of like struggle between the power, the hierarchy between my mom and my dad. Like, well, your mom says this, but this is how it goes at my house. Or your dad does this, but I don't like that. And so I just remember like being in the middle of this. Like, who do you, who do you listen to? Yeah. And you know, as a 13 year old, you're struggling with so many different things, emotions, your identity, like, and you have both sides telling you that this is who you are. This is who you are. And so for me, it was just like, this is a really good song. And this whole album really was just like, okay you are yourself. And yeah. that's kind of one of those things I remember feeling about um, this whole thing was just like, okay, your opinion doesn't matter. And I don't have to do what you say kind of thing. But again, I'm 13 and I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just like, I just remember a lot of this sentiment coming up um, when I was listening to this album and this song too. I I get that. I, I mean, yeah, I think that's a, a common feeling uh, among anyone who's ever been 13 Uh, and it's certainly something that I think a lot of people that have come on this show and a lot of people that are fans of good Charlotte of civil plan it's it's a feeling that a lot of a lot of us have shared right yeah and then I just remember like a lot of I mean obviously Joel and Benji were very honest and open about their relationship with their dad yeah and that that kind of resonated with me a lot too it's just like you know I have a great relationship with my dad now I don't want people to think that we don't ever talk but there was a period of time where we weren't talking and I was hitting hard on the good Charlotte then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I was just like, okay, if they can get through it, I can get through it. Yeah. And like, it was like a year later and my dad and I started talking again. So like, everything's fine. Like, I love my dad. Like he lives in California. I got to see him at least twice a year. So it's like one of those things where, you know, as a 13 year old, you don't know what to think because you have this influx of hormones and emotion really going through your body that you can't make a decision about. So I just remember like hearing all these songs and just thinking like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Like, and that's a really great feeling of having that, um, that connection at a really 
really pivotal time in your life. Definitely. That's, it's huge. Uh, I, I want to touch on any, any other simple plan songs or good Charlotte songs that you, you think this kind of relates to. Um, Cause I have a few I thoughts. I have my notes right here. I'm like looking through it. Um, there's a lot of things like, and I think perfect is a big one mm. by simple plan. Okay. Um, yeah. You, you know, it, it's the slower song for sure. It's, and it's not as in your face, but it's just as emotional. It's just as meaningful. Um, especially that music video. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about music videos that one like lived on TRL forever. And it, it was a powerful, powerful sight um, to, to see. And so there's a lot of things like that. I think, connect this album together um on the the good charlotte side like there's just so many it's hard to like narrow down one because like i'll pick like lyrics from very random songs sure, from, like, yeah. different periods that i'm like that's that and I'll, I'll pull them and throw them together and, and form my own narrative so like there's just a lot to choose from on good charlotte i the one there definitely is i mean the one that came to mind for me is festival song oh yeah but there, you're totally right. There's a lot. Um, in terms of simple plan, I, I thought of a few. Uh, I thought of two really. And number one was like that. This is kind of the antithesis to I do anything. Like oh, oh yeah. I do anything for you, but also oh you don't mean anything to me anymore. <laughs> um, and and look, maybe they were written about different things. Maybe both those songs were written about the same situation, and they're like trying to have a you know try to show two different perspectives on it i don't know um very true the other one that comes to mind is one by one where he's talking about how like one by one i'll will prove them wrong um yes well let's let's talk a little bit about the good charlotte simple plan connection um yeah we're gonna actually jump around a little bit in my notes um okay there was an interview with scenezine.au from 2018 where Jeff talks about meeting Good Charlotte and how they still cross paths. He said, a lot of the bands from that era genre are not together anymore or have different band members, but those bands are still going. We were very fortunate to have Mark Hoppus put a stamp of approval on one of the songs. That came about because Pierre and Chuck were touring and reset prior to Simple Plan. Uh, and then he says, we knew the good Charlotte guys from going to their shows and talking about the in- industry. It was a tight community where everybody knew each other. Obviously, there was competition amongst the bands, but Blink-182 was on another planet. Um, oh, yeah. I know that Simple Plan has mentioned Good Charlotte as kind of an influence and a favorite band of theirs. And of course, we have to cite the song Grow Up, which is also on this album, was also included, I think, in the Scooby-Doo soundtrack, which begins, this is who I am, and this is what I like, GC, Sum, and Blink, and MXVX, Rockin' My Room. Rockin' My Room. Yeah. Yeah. So, I remember yeah. hearing that the first time, and I flipped out. I was like, what? Simple Plan is singing about Good Charlotte? Yeah, and, like, for me, I was just like, and I, I remember blink a lot growing up too yeah. like it blink came out like the year i was born so like i'm as old as they are which is kind of mm-hmm. funny to think about um but in I a lot of ways i'm too, still yeah. really young in a lot of ways I'm, i was still really young for blink yes because <laughs> if you know you know kind of thing um but like 
Blink wasn't really a thing to me until the later years. Like I would hear like all sure. the small things on the radio for sure. Um, but like, this is about the time I started discovering the backlog of Blink. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, oh my God, like, like just a lot of like, like dude rage and Cheshire Cat. Like things are just like, oh, okay. I see the connections here. Cause like, if you yeah. watch a big package for you, they talk a lot about Blink and just. They do. They were like, they were very, um, I mean, they were like 22 year old guys. Like they I, I, were. I was thinking about this when I watched the, even like the minute and a half clip of Joel in the studio with Simple Plan. And it's like, I really don't want to repeat some of what's said because I think it's right. very poorly, but it's like, you know, they said a lot of like crude I, things to each other that like at that time, that was just kind of what you did. And I yes, think that's it was very um, aged yeah. poorly. At, you know, look, we're talking about Simple Plan. We have to touch on David being removed from the band a couple of years ago due to inappropriate mm-hmm. behavior, right? And it, not not to derail this, but you know, I I, I, it, I feel it needs like to be talked about. Yeah, and I, I I feel like the crude comments and like I saw Simple Plan when I was thirteen, and I remember they talked about how sexy they thought the crowd was, and like most of the crowd was like thirteen year olds and their dads, you know, right? And I just kind of wonder, like. I kind of wonder what they think of that looking back. And and I, I do suspect that that kind of stage banter and, and those, you know, silly comments in the studio. I, I suspect that that may have possibly let inappropriate behavior slip under the radar, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of a lot of my dissertation in my um, program is going to be about okay. is looking at women and and there's a lot of um there's a lot of going on in both industries that are very um they're just plain awful like there's not a yeah. nice way to say it it's just awful um and so I think we need to talk about it and I and then to be totally honest I was a victim of sexual harassment and abuse mm-hmm. as well um when I was in college and if I hadn't advocated for myself like I wouldn't be where I am today yeah. um so for me it's like we we have to talk about it and so um I'm not going to shy away from a conversation about it, but I yeah. do agree. I think this era was a lot of banter and it was a, it was a lot of like, Oh, well, it, it was meant as a joke and people brushing it off and downplaying it. And but people the issue is that took that it. like excuses. Yes. That people it who was quote excuse. unquote do actually mean it. And it it's like, it is a slippery slope, I think into, you know, like continued sexual harassment into assault, you know? And yeah, I, you know, look, I quit. I worked at Giants Games for a bit uh, doing fan photography and I quit because I kept getting sexually harassed. Mm -hmm. And like, like, I mean, I had a couple of guys touch my butt and like, just like, like grab my butt or like touch my hips and like ask for my phone number. And I reported, you know, I would, I remember one time I was like, all right, screw this. Like stop doing that right now. And like brought over security, like reported it to like the head of security or, or head of facilities, whatever at my stadium. And the situation that eventually made me quit was like some guy kissed me. And oh yeah. yeah, yeah, they they were kind of like the you know supervisor at the stadium, whatever was kind of like it is a problem. 
yeah. And I, I think we're in a, we're in a phase of life now where people are actually having the courage and to speak up and people are recognizing it. Yeah. Um, that is not just something that we can easily swat away. Like, you know, there's a fine line and a lot of people like to jump that line, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I think we, as a society are getting better at recognizing it and understanding it and shutting it down and yeah. saying, this isn't appropriate. No, you, you're wrong. You've crossed this line that you need to take 10 steps back and get out. <laughs> I could say a couple other harsh things right now, but I'm going to keep it PG. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just, it's just interesting. And I think with this era of pop punk, you know, simple plan was, they're not the only one that's innocent here. And no, obviously Jesse Lacey, a brand new is the biggest one that comes from this era. Um, well, and then more, <laughs> more recently stuff came up about Jack from all time low, you know, mm-hmm. which again, it yeah. was like, if you ever see, saw all time low live, I mean, you heard the stuff they said on stage, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah. and again, it's, it was very much a boys club. And which is so funny because like so many of the fans were young women and I can tell you that like mm, two thirds, at least two thirds to 75% of my audience kind of varies based on episode is women. Right. And so it's just like, for us, it's like, okay, we're your audience and you're, you're catering towards this good old boys club still. Yeah. It's, changed a lot in the past five, six, seven years. So like, I, I'm not going to say it's the same way anymore, but I, I do, do think it's still happening, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's definitely still happening. I it's, it's progress, right? You know, it's, it's, yeah, time. there's it been a lot time. of progress. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was really sad to hear it. Yeah. I, I think part of it is just like part of the progress is that people feel okay to speak up. Um, Agreed. And it's going to take, you know, a little while of people feeling a little more okay to speak up before I feel like we see this not really happening. Yeah, I agree with that. And when I heard about Simple Plan, I was shocked, but I was also like, not surprised. Yeah, um, same. I, I texted a few friends that are, you know, diehard Simple Plan friend, fans and you know, a couple of them would be like, oh yeah, you know, I, I actually have like a friend of a friend who has like hung out with them and, and said that this checks out and, you know, yeah, it's, I, they yeah, made the right decision. I, I will say, I do want to yes, say simple made- plan made the right decision in removing him from the band. And when that, ha- when that went down, didn't they also say they were going to like have like improved safety measures at their shows? Yeah, I, I remember seeing it on Instagram and yeah. just reading everything that they were going to be taking it very seriously. And I applaud them. I think I, I studied crisis communication a lot too in my master's program. Sure, yeah. And the the first thing is addressing the issue, not shying away from it. And the second thing is having a plan of action. And they did both of those things. Which so like, their immediate reaction. I, yeah. I was, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, all time low. I don't no. think handled it well at all. No, I don't. It, there's a right and a wrong way every single time you look yeah. at it. And that's just one thing that we can learn from is people's mistakes and people's shortfallings. But I think Simple Plan did a great job about yeah. it. And unfortunately, it was right before pandemic happened, or maybe it was the middle, like in early days I of pandemic. I think it was the early so, days of the pandemic. So I personally have only been to one concert since 
my last cons- my last big one was March 6, 2020. I've been to actually I've been to two since then. So like okay. two in the past two years is like it's not a lot. <laughs> no. And so for me to see some action coming forth. So I haven't really been on the scene a lot since yeah. pandemic, but I think the fact that they made it a, um, a vow to have good measures being taken to support their fans, I think is, yeah. that speaks volumes. And I don't know if that was a PR move that, or that was an internal move that they decided to do themselves. It, it, I'm not, I haven't figured that one out yet. Look, it kind of doesn't really matter because if, if they, you know, are actually going to be putting that into action as, as shows happen for them, then they made the right decision. Agreed. A hundred percent. My marketing brain is just like, okay, who was your decision? Right. Decision right. Was, it, was this like, you know, Pierre, Chuck, Sebastian, and Jeff kind of coming up with this, or was this like their management and publicists? Like, yeah, exactly. So I think overall, like in the, the fact that they were on board to do anything, it just, that speaks volumes Huge. in my opinion that yeah. they were, able to say, yes, we're going to do this. And they didn't shy away from this challenge because it really is. It's a huge challenge. It is. It is. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I am really glad that simple plan kind of did the right thing. And it it makes me feel like I can comfortably keep listening to simple plan and talking about them. I don't feel weird about it. Like I might with some other bands that have not handled these well. I agree with that. I definitely agree. Yeah. Well, I, they're not tarnished. Exactly. Uh, let's let's get back a little bit to kind of the Good Charlotte and Simple Plan connection. Um, a big one being the Noise of the World Tour in 2005. Um, Chuck told the Today Show, he said, our fans have been asking for that tour for a long time and their fans as well. It's perfect timing. Kids are going to have their money's worth. Um that was the first time I saw Good Charlotte was on that tour here in Philadelphia. Um, and I think that was only the the only co-headliner they ever did. I think so, too. That does sound right. But I was like, hmm, I wonder if they were ever on Warp Tour at the same time. They were. So I that was the, yeah. So Good Charlotte was on Warp Tour five times. Simple Plan was on Warp Tour 13 times. They loved um, it. And both of them played at some of the 2019, like 25th anniversary shows or whatever. Um, the only time Good Charlotte was on that simple plan was not on Warp Tour was 2016. Every other time, the other four times Good Charlotte was on, Simple Plan was also on Warp Tour. Um, they were also both on the Warp Rewind at Sea cruise. I do remember hearing about that. And I was like, you're on a boat with your favorite fans? Oh, sign me up. <laughs> it sounded really fun. I I get so seasick, like, oh. like so easily. And like, you know, kind of the only thing that like really works is Dramamine, but Dramamine oh, just yeah. knocks you out. And that's why it yeah. works, because it just knocks you out. Um, but <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I heard so many people that have come on this show have talked about that cruise. And I'm like, I, I should have just like bit the bullet and like taken the Dramamine and like, you know, figured it out. Just got it. Yeah. yeah. I know Emery, I, I, I love Emery. Emery was like one of my integral parts of growing up. And I think they're doing a cruise to mm. like that Mexico, like that, that um Southern California to like Cabo cruise thing. And I was just like, oh, that's really funny because in Shallow Seas We Sail, yeah. <laughs> their album title. Gotcha. So it's just like, it's just so fun to see bands like still wanting to do these types of things that have been on the scene for so long. 
Yeah. Like, and I'm not going to say it's like them just trying to stay relevant. No, they genuinely care about this. They want to be a part of this. Yeah. And they want to make sure that they're still interacting with their fans in a way that their fans would interact with them. And I think that's brilliant. I think that's really huge. Yeah. Um, let's, let's get into, actually, let's get into some of the similarities between Good Charlotte yeah. and Simple Plan. And I have a few things written down, but I want to hear some of your thoughts first. Yes. This is like the bulk of my notes. Yes. Um, came yeah. From. I, I had, um, I had emailed <laughs> listeners. I had emailed Ashley, like before I even sent the notes over and it was like, I really want to spend some time talking about like comparing Good Charlotte and Simple Plan. So like, make sure you have a lot of notes on that. <laughs> And I delivered. Yes. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is just they were both expressive bands mm. um, and they weren't afraid to express them. And, you know, take that for how you want. And it's not only their music, but it's their appearance. Like, you yes. know, Simple Plan had that that, that spiky hair and yes. like, the cargo pants. And then oh my God, the cargo pants. <laughs> yes, with the big old socks in the vans. Like, yes. They, that was their form of expression. And then you have Good Charlotte, who are the dark, broody, tattooed, and pierced, and makeup. Well, I'm, I'm broody, like, I'm Good Charlotte, yeah. Yes. And so I think that they're both expressive bands in their appearance and their music and their band representation. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I came away with, that they weren't afraid to say who they were. Yeah. Um. I- Okay. I was gonna say, yeah, I think I think that ties into a lot of themes that they both have in their songs, which is, you know, everything from family troubles and mental health, but you know, a really big theme as well of not fitting in and figuring out mm-hmm. who you are and sticking it to the man. Yeah, I, that, that's my biggest thing. And um I think I really I wrote down I was like I think they both really resonate with fans because they didn't want to put up with BS. Yeah. Like whatever it was, if it was from, you know, the record label or the, you know, the industry or the, the man in any terms, they were, if you think about, they were raised in an era, like where punk rock was still kind of um, a newer thing. You know, this is like the eighties. Yeah. Punk really is big in the seventies, eighties. And we were raised on an era where like, you keep your head down and you just get through, like you yeah. power through. And they were really the first ones saying, we don't want to do that. And so, you know, you can stick up for yourself and end this cycle that of not saying anything. And like, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to cause a ruckus. We're going we're to make our voices be heard. I, I love that. I think, I think you were onto something really strong with uh, just talking about fans. Um, I, it's something I noted is that like both of these bands had a lot of fans who really loved them. I mean, how many people have Good Charlotte tattoos, Simple Plan tattoos? Right. But both Good Charlotte and Simple Plan have not always been loved by critics, as we'll get to in a little bit. We're going to read some <laughs> reviews. And, yeah, you know, both of these bands had, and I think, frankly, I think this is highly related to the fact that these bands were not loved by critics, but both of these bands had largely like teen girl audiences when their first records came out and they were both pretty uncool to like, especially for boys. Oh my God. My brother, he was like 18 months older than me. He was just like, would you just turn that crap off? Like, yeah. And yeah. He, and he was in a corn phase. Like he can't even talk. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I listen, listen as a good Charlotte 
fan as someone who runs a good Charlotte podcast like I don't think I really get to like have anything to say about anyone else's like music whether it's like cool or not but like I, I think same goes for someone in a corn face <laughs> look <laughs> right, corn is know. great corn is great like, like you want to listen to corn yeah. go listen to corn but you know uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's why my dad's like you both get your own cd players and yeah you both shut up <laughs> yeah so thank god for ipods right like mm-hmm. but i will say we my brother and i did have a common denominator and that was some 41 really so yes he like he got into early 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 okay. 41 and like would let me listen to that a little bit not a lot but a little bit interesting and, okay and then we we branched off um from there i went more the pop punk he went more the heavy rock he also had a bob marley face but also what teenage boy didn't um leave that one for open, open for yeah yeah look my brother had a bob <laughs> i think my brother had a little bit of a bob marley face i mean like yeah we we, we all know um <laughs> Well, let's let's get into some of the differences between Good Charlotte and Simple Plan. And and I think it's important to talk about you know differences in the music as well as kind of their trajectories. Um and again, oh, I yeah. have a lot of notes, but I, I really want to hear first, I want to hear what some of your initial thoughts are. Yeah. So if you're looking at like modern day simple plan and good Charlotte, it's um it's interesting when they took their careers, you know, good Charlotte really took a step back to focus on themselves. They got married. Everybody got married and they had children. They had second careers, you know, they were more industry oriented, you know, appearing on, um, the Australian, uh, was it the The voice factor? The voice. voice. Okay. Um, fun fact, I studied abroad in Australia and I lived across the street from Fox studios the same no. time that Joel was doing that de- um, down there. And like, we oh could have got tickets, but I was just like a poor college student studying abroad in Australia. Like, <sighs> it's really expensive. And oh I was like, God. I'm kicking myself 10 years later. So I should yeah. have just went there and watched yeah. the So that's, uh, my, one of my life regrets is not doing that. Oh but my God. Yeah. Like, like we could see the studio from our um our apartment. Like you oh my just God. It was like over this giant park. It's called Moore Park. That's where Fox Studios are. Um yeah. So it was like my thing where I, I really realized like Good Charlotte took a step back from touring. They became family men. They became more industry people. They were more of a guiding light for young new artists. Well they plan Madden yeah. management company. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They so then we you have simple player on the other hand they're still touring they're still writing they're still producing music in various capacities and which is funny because they were the ones that like didn't want to grow up so they kind of really did within their music but they're still a band they're still touring right that's that's like that's kind of two of the big things for me um good charlotte you know good charlotte grew up right? Both, both mm-hmm. in their music and in their lifestyles. And Good Charlotte is still a band, but like they're very much doing things like when yeah. they choose to. And I kind of think it's not likely that they would put out another record or even really much more music mm-hmm. until and unless there's like, it's like really safe to tour. And I know a lot of people are touring right now, but also like half those shows are getting canceled six hours before. So no, it's not Mm -hmm. really a safe time to tour right now. If you ask me and if you ask a lot of people, um, I agree. I feel like, you know, it 
simple plan. I mean, I think they're all married. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if all of them are, but I think most of them are married. I know Pierre has children. Uh, I believe Jeff has children too. He talked about it when I interviewed him. I know Seb does too. Yeah. I I think they all actually have children. Um, They've settled down in in capacity for sure. But, but in terms of their music, it's like simple plan kind of, I feel like stayed in this like teenager mindset almost. Uh, Yeah. These they're still writing about love and obviously their love has changed over time. So no, right. um, but they're still writing about the common themes and I, I I'm not going to lie. I, I dropped off. It probably when I got to college of the kind of pump pocky, you know, emo era. Sure. Um, so I, when I was looking, looking back this past week, a lot of their older stuff and I've been hopping in here and there just to listen to it. And it's, it's the same, but it's different. Yeah. I, I think, well, two things that come to mind for me, number one is like, I feel like Generation RX, which was good Charlotte's last record, which Mm -hmm. is like three and a half years old now. um, It was a lot more introspective than I feel like Simple Plan has been. I, and it's not that Simple Plan doesn't sing about their feelings because they do, but (laughs) I feel like they don't dive into like why I feel this way. And here's my insecurities in the way that especially good Charlotte does on that record. Yeah. And good Charlotte made their, their name off of that kind of feeling though. Um, So I think that maybe they were more comfortable doing it long-term than simple plan was and simple plan. Maybe just like, you know, look, this is, I have an outlet here, but you know, I want to keep my private thoughts and my private feelings private which is yeah. very likely as well. I mean, there's a lot of people, especially in today's media age, where people are very protective of their their life outside of their job. Um, that's not just for celebrities; that's for anybody. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's like I see. I don't. I don't know who. You, do you use TikTok at all? I I have issues with TikTok, so I do Instagram Reels, which is not even any better, but. <laughs> Fair. It's a long story. Fair. Well, what I was going to say is like, you know, I'll see TikToks with like, uh, you know, someone there, there's this one girl I follow on TikTok who like has talked about like her jaw surgery that she just got. She had this like major jaw surgery. And I, I just started following her because I always started seeing her post on my feed. And I was like, oh, okay, like interesting. Like I never knew about this, like major jaw condition, you right. know? And it's like, or, or people you know, I, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD and I see a Same. lot of, really like I I'm, I, I'm self-diagnosed. I go to my doctor in a few months and I'm just like, look, we need to talk about this because it is lining up and it's so different for women in their thirties than it is and guys in their teens. Well, and it's, it's, I feel like there was this big misunderstanding about how ADHD can present and for me like seeing TikToks about ADHD kind of made me go like hmm and then you know it's like I had a couple of doctors dismiss it but I was like no like I really want to look into this and I ended up paying out of pocket to get tested because otherwise I would have to wait like a couple months um right and yeah I started on medication it's been great but you know I I (laughs) I mentioned that to, to say, uh, I, I see people making TikToks about their ADHD and like, 
you know, they'll, they'll talk a lot about their ADHD, but at the same time, or this girl talks a lot about her jaw surgery, but at the same time, it's like, you don't necessarily see all of the internal thoughts. You don't really know their life, even Uh, though there is this like very public outlet. Yeah. And so my marketing brain is going to turn on for just a second here. And that's what I think is really fascinating about social media is because it's all selective, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, brands and companies and people entities, they want you to see. And it's up to them to be as honest and open as they want to be. And like, you know, people are vulnerable on social media for sure, more than they were, you know, back in its interception, you know, its inception, but it's times like now where people are more comfortable to sharing ADHD diagnosis or, you know, harassment trauma or things like Mm -hmm. that. And I think that's fascinating that how social media has really opened up conversations, especially with not to go back to our conversation about the Me Too movement, but, um, it really has created a platform for people to speak out about that. Yeah, it, it has. And I think that to, to tie back to, you know, good trial simple plan, I think like it, it really has to be like, it's not right or wrong. How introspective you want to be, how personal you want to be, how much you want to talk about your, your personal relationships, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's no right or wrong. And you're totally right that some of that is like a branding decision. You know, I think good Charlotte, I mean, they often talked about how their label would want them to do one thing and they did the opposite. Like after the self-titled, yep. their label wanted a poppier record. So they put out the young and the hopeless after the young and the hopeless their label wanted a poppy record. So they put out Chronicles. Um, Yeah. yeah. I have you. Oh, go on. Oh, just a quick second. Have you read Dave Grohl's book? Storyteller. Mm -mm. Um, I highly recommend reading it for people who are not even like, you don't have to be fans of Foo Fighters or Nirvana, but if you're fans of music, I highly recommend this book. Like I listened to it on my 10 hour drive. Um, back to Kansas over Christmas break. And there are just so many things that like, you don't know, and that, that go into decision making processes for bands. And Nirvana blew up overnight, and they had yeah. no way to cope with that fame. And so I really recommend people listening, either listening to the audio audiobook or reading the book, like it's on my coffee table right now. And like, it is phenomenal just to get that introspection to an industry that people may not know anything about. Yeah. That's thank you. I will totally check that out. I uh yeah. I just bought a Kindle, so I will possibly download that for my Kindle. Yes. Yes. It's it's a great, it's a great read and it's a great listen. So I, I recommend that for people who just and he's a great storyteller. Like you already knew that, but like Dave Grohl's like one of my like loves of life. Like I am okay. obsessed with food fighters. <laughs> Amazing. Um yeah, so so not to be real. Yeah, yeah. Well, something something else I thought of was uh Simple plan, I feel like their sound, the words I came up with were not just straightforward, but in some ways their sound was a little more distilled pop punk, especially on this record and still not getting any. Um, Good Charlotte, their first record, as well as the second, frankly, because listen to like, if you actually listen to the anthem, you know, I mean, think of all like the hip hop vibes they brought, right? Well, they, they, I think Good Charlotte strayed from the path, I guess. Like they were, they were a little more like, okay, we're gonna just do what feels right to us. I feel like for the most part, Simple Plan kind of like 
knew what they wanted to sound like. Mm-hmm. And they did like on the third album, the self-titled, like they kind of experimented a lot, but I don't think that got yeah. good reviews and they kind of went sort of back to, you know, the pop punk sound after that. Um, yeah. But something I thought of in terms of like, okay, simple plan sound was a little more straightforward than good Charlotte's was in some ways. Simple plan, like at least Pierre and Chuck were in reset. They were in like a punk band before. So they mm-hmm. had been in a band before. Benji and Joel had not yeah. been in a band before Good Charlotte. So probably I, I I wonder if like when Simple Plan was starting out, they were like, okay, we had this band that sounded like this. We're starting a new band. What do we want to sound like? So I'm gonna like say that, but also look at to where they are from. So Mm. Was from the DC area, Baltimore area, and like look at a lot of the influences in there. They were from a very urban area, true, a very underserved community. So they had a lot of influences that a lot of other bands may not necessarily. There's certainly are bands out there that have a very similar background. So I think that they're pulling in a lot of that inspiration from the area that they grew, grew up in and That's the era too. So the plan. I'm not as familiar with Canada. I'm sorry, I've only been to Vancouver. Um, Montreal, I, I don't know if they pulled in a lot of influence from where they were from. Obviously, they had the French-Canadian aspect to them. I'm sure where that plays a role or how it plays a role. I'm just not very familiar with that culture, and I apologize to all the French-Canadians out there. I I I really am not too familiar with, like, the musical kind of culture there. Um, but I do know, like, I had Vanessa Ebert on this show. It was, like for where would we be now? And she's, she's in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 if I'm remembering correctly, you know, Vanessa, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if I remember correctly, she said that a lot of the scene there growing up was like American bands. Mm-hmm. And you had a plan in some 41, but there's definitely a lot of American bands. So I almost wonder if like, okay, that's, you know, they heard, they heard that and they were like, okay, let's, let's do something kind of like this. And that's, that's what I'm, I would lean toward as well with yeah. my limited knowledge to say like, you know, they were pulling from what they knew because it was mainstream. And I think yeah. good Charlotte was pulling from what they knew because it was second nature. Yeah. And neither is like right or wrong, right? Like it's just all no, their, absolutely their different not. backgrounds and what was around them. It's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think something I'm also curious about, and I really don't want to spend too much time on this because we easily could, Yeah, but you know, Good Charlotte took a hiatus from 2011 to 2015 and essentially because they they felt like the band sort of wasn't theirs and the music industry changed and they didn't really know where they fit. You know, Simple Plan has definitely had times where they slowed down a little on touring and, you know, it's been over five years since their last album, but they just put out a song pretty recently. I don't think Simple Plan ever took any kind of hiatus. No. And it's, it's interesting to me that it's like, Good Charlotte sort of experimented and they did all those other things and they they took a hiatus and then they put out a couple records and toured a bunch and then now they've they've been not on hiatus but they've been quiet again and I'm like simple plan for the most part has kind of kept doing what they're doing and they've never me I don't want to I, I don't think it's right to say they've never felt the need to take a hiatus um but I, like, you know, they never really officially did, I don't think. 
And I'm, I, I would like, yeah, I, I definitely noticed that too. Yeah. Um, I noticed that too. And I, I think it's just interesting perspective. Like I don't want to comment too much, but like also look at who and Joel and Biggie married. They married yeah. people within an, in the public eye very much. Too. And I think that they, yeah. And I think that they really wanted to take a step away from a public eye and they were all famous in their own right. Um, before they even got together, both yeah. couples. And so I just want to say, like, I think that they, they saw that as a, a negative way to raise their children. And That's so a I really respect good that point. Yeah. That they, yeah. That they take a step away. And honestly, don't know the names of simple plans, their spouses, um, you Pierre's, know, so I just want to say it, it's about perspective. Pierre's wife, I'm pretty sure is the same girl he like dated for like forever. And, and I don't I know, know when Sebastian they got- was, yeah. And Sebastian was married back in the day. And I, I, oh, I, really? I don't know if it's this. Yeah. He was married young and I, I don't know if it's the same um, partner or not, I but know. I'm almost positive. He was married by the second album. Oh, um, wow. I didn't like, know that. I'm almost positive. That, that was a thing um so it's like it's all about perspective as well um so yeah. joel and benji married very famous women who were talented and in their own right and i think that they well especially with nicole she had grown up in the public eye and i think probably they wanted to take a step back and let their children have you know out of spotlight lives which i totally respect yeah i think that's a very good point um yeah i uh I found this Reddit thread. I don't, I don't want to uh, read all the comments, but we'll we'll pick a few. There was a Reddit thread in r slash pop punkers, um, good Charlotte or simple plan. So I will say I tallied the votes, <laughs> eight votes for good Charlotte, four for simple plan. Um, zero, zero, absolute zero said that GC's discography runs across the whole spectrum of pop punk, but Generation RX really shows their maturing in content and technical skill, not resting on past success. Um, Spin182 says better songs than they experiment a bit more. Um, Jack Lofty said Good Charlotte with both bands would make my top 10. Uh, Peanut Butter Sandwich said Good Charlotte, their palette is more diverse and evolved more consistently. Also, their music is still banging today, but they don't pretend they're young anymore. I mean, right, like everyone's kind of saying similar to what we've been saying, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty interesting spectrum, but I think a lot of people are kind of falling on the same end of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the Simple Plan side, Cool Guy 80101 said Simple Plan. I love both bands, but Simple Plan just had that extra good in their songs. Um Aldino1026 <laughs> said their second album, Still Not Getting Any, speaks mostly about what we feel in ourselves, and some of us are afraid to talk or express these feelings. Um, uh, Punky X Brewster said GC has three notable songs Anthem, Lifestyles, and Want to Live, and two of those are kind of the same song. SP has a bit more range. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, and, and I will say, look, Simple Plan has toured a lot more in the past. Yeah, 12 years simple plan past past 11 years whatever simple plan has toured a lot more than good charlotte has i think also say they probably had more exposure like i said simple plan was in like random movies and yeah. you have to think about like there's a new era now watching those movies that's true. Um, that's true so i'm wondering if that has anything to do to do with influx of um po- like i'm gonna say quote-unquote popularity or yeah. um exposure yeah, I wonder. I mean, I, I I mentioned that Simple Plan has 
significantly more Spotify monthly listeners than Good Charlotte. 6.4 million versus 4.6 million. Yeah. I mean, Simple Plan had a song. I just want, I, I'm just a kid went viral on TikTok like last year or the year oh before. Oh my God, yes. So they have 6.4 million. Good Charlotte has 4.6 million monthly listeners. And I don't think Good Charlotte has had that same virality. Like they just haven't in recent years. I think it's interesting because this whole like, you know, new punk emo kind of new wave is coming out. And I feel like a lot of this like emo hip hop, emo rap stuff, I could so easily see Good Charlotte being a major influence, but I don't hear a lot of those artists talking about Good Charlotte and, and there hasn't been like a collab recently. So I, I, yeah, there hasn't been like, there's like one emo rapper and people can probably think that I'm crazy for making this this comparison, but nothing nowhere kind of has some good Charlotte vibes to me. And just the terms of the mood that he sets and the mood that, um, and the things that he expresses, like he's just so introspective that he has, he gives me a lot of good Charlotte vibes in the way that he addresses like his feelings. He's a very shy person. He doesn't like to be photographed because I did shoot a nothing nowhere show. And like, he like, I've kind of heard that. Yeah. Like you don't really see like his music videos. Yeah. Yeah, He, he like, he kind of keeps this, like he points himself to the side of the stage or behind, like he's back to the crowd. And it's a very interesting thing, but it's also like a vulnerability that like he's, he's I heard that at good Charlotte's first couple shows, Joel faced the back. And so that's why I'm like, there's a lot of similarities with nothing nowhere. So people don't get mad at me for <laughs> comparing. The two, I could see really it. I, I only have heard a few songs, but I, I could totally see it. And I love everything you're saying. Yeah, no, check out nothing nowhere. He's great. He, he's phenomenal. Like he puts on a hell of a show. Please go see him. Like, don't let his shyness deter you. Yeah. Well, I want to read some reviews of you don't mean yes. anything. Let's um, get into it. So like. There was one that was pretty good, but of these reviews, for the most part, they're bad. Um, most people did not like this song. Uh, Modern Fix, this is the first one I'll read. It said, they said that you don't mean anything. It's a self-esteem riser of the year. Very well done. Um, Easter in the Batcave, a user on Rate Your Music, gave this a headline. This album is like eating live chicken chipmunks no fun for you no fun for the chipmunks and there's like several paragraphs but i'm gonna kind of skip around anyway this album is just plain awful from the title to the music to the lyrics this is just a bad bad album there are a couple of bright spots here and there but they are diamonds in the rough but why is this band so bad you say surely they can't be as bad as giving birth having your feet stapled to a piece of cardboard and watching the brady bunch variety hour all at the same time (laughs) But yes, I assure you, it's as bad as that. Here's a quick breakdown of why this album is so awful. And then uh, lists several reasons why this album is so awful. Number five was the lyrics. For God's sake, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't mean anything to me. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't mean anything to me. You're what I never want to be. And then number one, the final reason was Pierre's voice. The only song in which it sounds remotely good is you don't mean anything. It's insanely annoying, high and ridiculously ah. <laughs> I, 
I understand what this person's saying. I really, really do. Um, but like I said, back at the very beginning of this, it's a, it's a simple song. I don't think that needs to be taken away from um, the meaning of it. And yeah. So, it, we talk, we've talked about that with a lot of the GC songs too, right? Especially yeah. on the first couple of records. Some of them are simple. Doesn't mean they're not good songs. Right. And so, I mean, while I respect this critic's decision, I'm also just like, <laughs> just also like when you criticize anything, play devil's advocate with yourself. Yeah. And I, that's my marketing brain. Like my marketing brain turns on a lot. So like play devil advocate with yourself a lot more than what you think. Like you'd be like, oh, this movie just sucks. Okay, well, why did it suck? This, this, and this. Also, or this, I read this book that I hated, but everybody loved. And I was like, y'all, I don't get why you loved it. I see some things, but it just did not do it for me. And people are like, no, 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 you're wrong. And I was like, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Perspective. Yeah. Um, I really want to get into this piece from IGN. It, it looks like this piece, it was not like a straightforward review so much as someone listened to it a little bit after it came out. I don't care how much of a connoisseur of fine music you may claim to be. Sometimes you just want to cast all pretensions aside and kick back with a disc full of silly, dumb, largely inconsequential tunes. But could I ever, I was ready to accept, you know, the challenge of this album, but could I ever adequately prepare myself to listen to music specifically designed to eject the soul with 500 cc's of raw? I would find my answer soon enough. My friends considered my request and unanimously recommended the musical opus No Pads, No Helmets, no, Just Balls by Simple Plan. They Then they chuckled heartily, probably because it just feels good to help out a pal in need. <laughs> the darkest depths of my soul were being unceremoniously dredged by this sinister band from hell, a feeling only reinforced by the confrontational title of the disc's third track, You Don't Mean Anything. It was almost as if I was being challenged, nay, dared to proceed. I don't know how I managed, but proceed I did. As I headed into the home stretch, I felt like a mental patient. I would never forgive my friends for putting me through this agony. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What's funny to me about that is like, clearly this person like has some issues and I'm like, maybe if you had an open mind, you could actually get something like really positive and relatable from this album. I mean, like I was listening through it and my alien and I was just like, it's a dumb song. Like I think, I think my alien is kind of a, knowing they're such big blink fans. I feel like that's almost a very direct way of doing their version of aliens. Or another girl, another planet. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, just like looking listening to this there's some like heart in that song if you really think about it it's like when are you coming home like yeah you know, just I just want to be near you it's a love song it's not just it's not just like a oh well, I'm dating an alien it's like no and if you think about it in practicality it's like a person that's foreign to the music industry probably yeah it's it's also like so I'm just like and so well, I'm just like it's my alien is also kind of like riot girl by good charlotte yes it's like yes. josie by blink 182 you know it's like yeah singing about this perfect song. girl that doesn't exist exactly and so i think that when people like get to songs like that they're just like this is so stupid why am i listening to this album like this album is not serious this band is not serious and i'm just like 
<laughs> the whole your life can't be taken so seriously. There yeah. are times you need to be serious in life, but like it's like this album, it's fun. It doesn't need to be serious, and there are serious songs, but like that's not the point of it. You don't have to think seriously. I feel like if this person stopped thinking so seriously about this album, he could appreciate how serious this album is. Does that make any sense? No, I totally agree. And like, there's there's fun in it, but there's also heart in it. And if you're so serious about this is a stupid album, you're not going to appreciate like the heart and the good stuff. No, no, not at all. Well, let's read some comments from songmeetings.com. Bouncing Soul 1440 said, this is me, the person you can't walk away from, but you really want to. Ah, amazing group. Just wish they'd be less wussy emo. Um, Claire B711 said SP rocks and this song kicks it totally reminds me of an ex-boyfriend read dick of mine and this song is like way empowering which is what we said earlier exactly uh, spider girl said this is the song I listen to when I'm pissed off and I can't get something off of my mind it helps because I just picture myself yelling the lyrics as I drive by whoever's making me mad. <laughs> um, I Want to Riot said, I love this song. When listening to it, I wish you could hear Joel's voice a little more. But besides that, it's an awesome song. Um, I'll, I'll read two more. Pinky0721 said, this is a pretty cool song. Just don't listen to Simple Plan too much. They get really lame and start sounding like Blink. Oh, <laughs> um, and then final one we'll read from here. Bowling for Soup 89 said, I felt like this is what I have been searching to say to people at school. I mean, they all think I am trying to be like them and they try to enforce that on me. I sang this song for my talent show. I think they got the point. You know what? <laughs> Bowling for Soup 89. I love that for you. And if you're listening to this, I, I hope you can like send me a video of your talent show performance. Yes. Incredible. Yes. I love it. Um, we let's read a couple uh, Amazon like customer reviews. Um, the Matt, best section to get reviews. <laughs> yes, Matt Redmond said awesome and gave the album five out of five. Gave you don't mean anything. Ten out of ten said very fun, quite repetitive. Yes, but it is a lot of fun still. Caramel said it's the best pop punk I've ever heard. Five out of five. Uh, that they got it nearly spot on. My only complaint is perhaps a few samey moments, but that doesn't stop it lifting your spirits in small doses. Uh, and about this song, Caramel said, I'm guessing this dude is singing about his parents here, or maybe it's someone else trying to change how he is. This is an awesome individual individuality anthem. Um, Katie said, okay, debut CD, gave the album three out of five and this song eight out of 10. Chorus can get a little bit annoying, and I don't see what's the point of having Joel Madden on it when you can barely hear him, but a good song in general. Eat Mai's Schwartz said, what kind of shit is this? Gave the album one out of five. If you really think about it, Simple Plan is just Blink-182 or MXPX at 25, just acting like they're 14. Still, Simple Plan's lyrics even sound like they're written by a 13-year-old. Words, phrases like worse ever are used over and over about the first and about the first 15 seconds of the worst day ever and don't mean anything sound identical speaking of age i don't really trust any band that's fan bases pushing high school 
like, okay. I mean, high, high school is like, what do you want to get your fans? Because that's when they're more likely to become lifelongers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, one more we'll read from Song Meanings. Play X Crack X the X Sky. Called it Bubblegum Punk, gave the album two out of five and said that this song is great song. Again, it's catchy. It's all about teen angst and you'll fall in love with it immediately. Um, YouTube comments. Uh, lovely doll time. We'll just read a few. Lovely doll time said, this is my message to all of my haters. Good. Good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Gabsy said, how come I never noticed Joel was there? No wonder why this song feels so much GC. And finally, finally, Tony Velatros fan said, this is essentially bully will not ruin my self-esteem. The song. <laughs> True. Not wrong. Yeah. not wrong. Well, Ashley, how has you don't mean anything held up for you over time? Um, Like looking back on it, it definitely feels like a middle schooler song. So there's a, there's some sentiment here that does ring a little bit true. So, yeah. you know, I have to remember the lens that I was listening to this in, in the, in the time period and what was going on in the world and what was going on in my world. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think it holds up really well. I mean, it's, there's still sentiments there that people can really focus on, um, especially like we said, sticking it to the man. So whatever man in your life that you want to stick it to, I think that this could be a good answer for that. Yeah. I, I think I've, I've really come to appreciate this song and like whether it's like sticking it to a bully or like anyone trying to knock you down at work i really have come to appreciate even honestly especially over the past few days that i i've come to appreciate that interpretation of the song yeah and like i said that we're in a generation now where we won't like just put our heads down and keep going we're gonna be the ones that cause our ruckus and make a change so yeah. i think this is a really good song to keep in mind if you're feeling down about the change that you're trying to make. Totally. Totally. Well, what have simple planning good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed? They both represented a time in my life that was like, I can express myself without having to express myself. If that Mm. makes sense. Like like express lie. yourself I by listening the, to them. Yeah. And like, I, like I said, I grew up in a really rural community and it was like country or top 40 and pop punk and emo wasn't really a thing. And I got bullied a mm. lot for just liking simple plan and good Charlotte, you know, and I will never apologize. So at the haters, um, you know, it's like one of those things, but so for me, it's, it represents a, a constant. It's a comfort zone almost where I can sure. go back and be like, this is this was the this was the time in my life where I didn't have an escape but this. They were my yeah. escape. And so I was for me, I'm very thankful for them in this era. Um so for me, it's maintained itself as a constant for me, but it's also allowed me to grow. Um, yeah. you know, with the mindset of saying, Okay, you don't have to be just another face in the crowd. You can be whomever you want and you can yeah. do whatever you want. Amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's it. You know, that's that's it, really. Um, do you have any last words about you don't mean anything about simple plan about good Charlotte or about yourself? I just think music's going to stand the test of time and don't ever be afraid or ashamed of the type of music you listen to because ultimately it's fine. Like I have this weird obsession with Post Malone. Like he's just so fascinating. I can't look away from him. (laughs) And so I, I saw him 
Um, he played in Kansas City the day of the Chiefs parade in 2020. And he like wore a Chiefs jersey and he, oh my God, like noticed, like he's known to be a Cowboys fan because his dad, his dad used to work for the Cowboys. And okay. so just like have, having that sentiment, it's like I like didn't feel ashamed to love Post Malone at that moment. So it's yeah. like, don't be ashamed of music that you love. Like it's, it's yours and yours alone. Don't let anybody ever away from you. Yeah. I love that. Well, Ashley, so I always do a Generation GC and Friends Spotify playlist. So I'm going to put the song that we yes. talked about, and which is You Don't Mean Anything by Simple Plan. And then I would love to uh, just get a recommendation from you of anything you're listening to lately that's not Good Charlotte or Simple Plan. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. My friend compiled like this giant playlist for me all my so I could listen to my drive and there's a lot of good stuff on there um let me put my library real quick um I've been revisiting the xx a lot and um, they haven't produced anything in a while but I've always loved them um one that people might be like oh, why are you listening to this is Julie I love her um and then um just kind of the two bands I did get to see this past year um was the Black Keys um and Groove Club. So I just think Ooh, I love them Club. just as a yes, they played a free show here at the university and like I was probably the oldest person in that crowd. I was like, I'm gonna fight these kids for a spot here. Yeah. So I've been like listening to those just from nostalgia purposes and just there's some fun stuff in there too. So like I said, don't be ashamed of your music variety yeah. and like don't stick to one genre. If you like something out of another another genre, run with it. Absolutely. Well Ashley, two more things before we wrap up. Um, I like to ask my guests for a charity that they really believe in so we can encourage listeners to donate. Um, So what's a a charity organization that you would like to encourage people listening to this to support? Um, So the first one that really comes to mind is the Victory Project in Kansas City. Um, It is Sporting Kansas City. It's our MLS team. It is their charity organization. And through that, they help um, kind of create an initiative um, to help kids with all challenges. So they work a lot with um, our children's hospital um, in Stacking KC called um, Children's Mercy Hospital. And they just help with community involvement, getting kids involved in sports, um, especially those with childhood cancer. That's that's one of my favorite ones. Um, Yeah. And that's like, one of the best ones. There's a special seat um, for a child um, at the hospital to sit at at our stadium. And then, like before every game, they introduce the kid, and we like do this Aww. big clap with their name. So if their name is like Jordan, we go Jordan, Jordan. Oh, that's for, like, so a cool! Minute, and like they get a special jersey and then, like the special seat. It is like it gives me chills thinking about that's it. That's so but, um, special. Yeah, it's the Victory Project in Kansas City. They are like one of my favorites. That's so cool. And I I really love that you mentioned something that's a, it it sounds like a very local thing and, and you know, not everyone listening to this is anywhere near Kansas city, but (laughs) I think everyone can listening can appreciate, you know, wanting to really, really directly support an organization that's uh, doing the work. Yeah. And I don't live in Kansas city right now. I have plans to move back in a couple of years after I finished this uh, PhD program. But Casey is like, you know, we talk a lot about finding a home and finding identity. And like, I grew up, you know, four hours away from Kansas city in a small town and Kansas city and Lawrence were the two places that I really felt at home with. So I claim those as my hometown. Yeah, yeah. So 
and I encourage people out there too listening. If you don't have a home, like if your home is not your home, I encourage you to find a place find that feels one. like it because it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be where you're born. It's just yeah. where you feel the best that you're your best self at. Totally, Ashley. This has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on the show. Thank you for having me. I love talking about the good old days because I don't get to talk about it very often. Yeah, this was really fun. <laughs> um. As we head out, uh, if people want to keep up with you, I mean, do you want to share your social media or if you have a website or anything? Yes. Yes. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at smash 18. Perfect. Um, I've had those handles like since high school. Um, I have a Corgi. So most of my pictures <gasps> now are just of my Corgi instead of concerts. Which Dumb, is oh my God. Um, she, her name is love Nugget. She makes an appearance. Yeah. Go say hey to Nugget. Oh my God. She would love you guys forever and then a lot of it is sports because you know that is what I'm studying now yeah. but um I'm always happy to talk concerts and if you guys are down in the Mississippi area um let me know because there's some good towns not too far away a couple hours drive that are always having good concerts so I'm, and I'm willing to travel for a good show Amazing. Ashley, thank you for coming on. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Last time we talked about sex on the radio from cardiology. On our next episode, we'll be talking about a song from Youth Authority. My name is Molly Huddleston once again, and as always, I'm your host, as well as the producer, creator, and editor of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and please make sure to follow Generation GC or subscribe on your preferred podcast provider. You can rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can now also rate on Spotify. That really helps. Most importantly, please keep spreading the word. Follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can follow me, Molly, at M Huddleson, M-H-U-D-E-L-S-O-N, on Twitter and Instagram. Please keep listening, keep telling your friends, and let's make the Generation GC fam get bigger and better.